Good evening, everyone. John Henry Soto here along with George Batista. Welcome to the Counterpart Show. We are very excited because it is Boricua Day here at the Counterpart Show. We are very excited. We have Giselle Achakar is going to be on the show today. And you talk about someone who does it all and is amazing. Yep. What? What? <laughs> Incredible. So <laughs> please hang tight. We're going to have an amazing show. So come on back. Cool. So this this is great because uh, you know George and I we talk a lot about sometimes doing a lot of things and being interested in things and being and successful at it. And here's mm-hmm. someone who's doing it, you know. And, and I think that that's part of the uh, the excitement of the of this type of a show for us because we're able to prove people wrong. Ah, don't you just love <laughs> to prove people wrong? <laughs> love, I love it because you know it's just so. It will pick one. Don't you? You're doing too many things, you know. But I think, I mean, there's truth to certain things that we're going to talk about it today, anyway. But um, I'm very excited to have her on now. I know we have a, we have our sponsor, so Jordan, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let's do our sponsor, and then we'll come on back and do some uh, rock and roll. Thank you, sir. So, as always, the Counterpart Show is brought to you by Wellness Resources, a family-owned and operated nutritional supplement company providing the highest quality clinically formulated supplements since 1985. Find out why Wellness Resources supplements are the top choice of health-conscious individuals around the world. Make sure you go to myvitaminresource.com. And if you enter the promo code COUNTERPARTS, you will get free shipping on your order. And on top of that, they have their April specials. They have a special every month. And of course, they have an April special. And it's 25 to 30% off of their joint and repair supplements. So again, check that out. That's at myvitaminresource.com. All right. So... We have a guest today that wears many hats, so we're very excited to talk to Giselle. So let's go into a little bit of her uh, background. Giselle has a had a diverse background across industry that's varied as technology, healthcare, cybersecurity, media, entertainment, and leading marketing teams at startups and Fortune 100 companies. She's launched businesses in media, food, and biotech, and has had three screenplays optioned by major Hollywood studios. Giselle uses her experience and knowledge to empower entrepreneurs to build and scale their brands by giving them the confidence and the skills to create kick-ass marketing and brand stories that position them to manifest their vision. Giselle is also an attorney, graduated from the Stanford Law School and Duke University, the new school of cooking, and also uh, has various acting and writing programs. And we are absolutely excited and honored to talk with her today. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Giselle Atchikar. Yes. <laughs> okay. The, you know what? I'm going to like be dancing salsa, but I got a baby grand back there and it's not mine because that's a fake background. <laughs> It was, you rented it just for the show. Wow. I can go Absolutely. get my congas. They're right behind me, but you can't see oh, it because yes. I got a big background. Percussion, baby. <laughs> my maracas, my congas. I love, love it. it. I love it. I love it. So, Giselle, thank you so much for doing this. This is a, a, an honor. And uh, we met um, on a David Breyer uh, event, right? He was doing like a workshop, I believe. And yeah. we were on this workshop and it was, a, it was about an know, hour, two hours long or whatever. But it was great, and we had a lot of uh, fun there, and we connected, and a lot of people network, and I met you, and then you and I had a conversation, and I was like, oh, my God, the the fire is amazing. I said, <laughs> Fuego, baby. She's got to be on the show. And uh, so I loved it. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. This is awesome. Well, I'm super stoked. Uh, you know, we met, and as soon as uh, you heard that I was Puerto Rican, you won that book. That's what happened. <laughs> you won David Breyer's book. 
And you said, I already have this book. And David oh, said, Christ. so, and he never sent it to me. David, you never oh. sent me the book. Okay. But oh, the, really? thing, the thing okay. that was so amazing, why I like it was instant love was because yeah. you said, I got to go with my Boricua sister. I'm going to gift her right. the book. That's wow. right. That's right. That's right. I was on this thing. I forgot about that. And I won it. And then I was like, I have it. And yeah, so that was awesome. That was great. I totally forgot that. I'm glad you did. Uh, we, we have to get David, though, to, to do any. Of course, he will, of course. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, he will. I think he just doesn't know. He's... We just shamed him into it right now. I know, right? <laughs> we found him on the show. He, he, was, he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's amazing, and, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he, we're all uh, in the same business, right? Exactly, uh, yeah. The brand business. So, yeah, um, yeah he's the so, so, master. Let's jump right in. You know, um, one of the things that we do here is we want to know a little bit about the history. George has a, uh, some questions and stuff. So we're going to get started uh, with, with the questioning. And uh, we'll start. <laughs> to the lawyer. Interrogation. I got to say, I'm going to have to change the background mid-show because this is so staid. I feel like it's just like. Oh, you think I'm actually. You think there's actually a curtain and there's like all these beautiful lights over me? <laughs> but purple is the color of royalty, Poppy. You know what I'm saying? That's I mean, true. I love that. that. We love that. True. I need that purple background back here. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's so, Jorge. But, but listen, uh, we're excited to hear about this crazy journey that yeah. you have been on. Okay. And it speaks to, you know, you and, and your perseverance and, uh, you know, everything that you've gone through. But it's also going to help all the folks who are listening and who may be on a crazy journey themselves. Right. Yeah. So tell us how it all started for you. Oh Lord. Are you kidding? Like on my <laughs> isla, that's where it started. Nice. You know, uh, here's, here's the thing. Uh, you know, I'm a Latina, I'm a fierce Latina and I have always uh, relished my culture and its differences, but you know, I'm a woman of a certain age and I have definitely felt as recently as not even a handful of years ago, uh, immense amounts of uh, insidious discrimination. Mm -hmm. uh, and that I think uh, kind of maybe has led me on all these different paths. I'm also super creative and I I find that I'm equally left and right brained. So it's always this thing and this kind of lack of legitimacy that I felt because if I went the creative route, I was too intelligent or whatever, you know, and I had all this education. And if I went the analytical route, I was always like my, that creative piece had to just worm its way in. And, yeah. you know, a lot of times corporate America doesn't really uh, want to take chances on innovation, despite a lot of the, meh, 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 you know, uh, but Anyway, so uh, I'm an attorney, uh, I'm a marketer, I'm a brander, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, a chef, a Latina, a tree hugger, a mom, uh, I love Zumba and yoga and Wordle because I'm a wordsmith, uh, and I have always fancied myself a storyteller uh, mm. since I was five years old. Mom likes to tell the story. Um, I could barely speak English at the time because I was born in Puerto Rico. And the first story I ever wrote in English was about a hot dog from the perspective of the hot dog oh, Wow! that wow. got mustard on it and it felt cold. Uh, so from a very young age, uh, I was always telling stories. I mean, I feel like I tell stories as an attorney for my clients, um, as a writer for my audience, mm. as an author for my audience, uh, as an entrepreneur, when I speak, you know, I can't, I can't help, uh, being passionate and vibrant and engaged. I just, I don't know how to be something else, uh, and creative, right? trying to think outside the box, which as when we talk to others uh, and help coach them or help collaborate on projects, um, you know, I've come to a point where I accept all those pieces of myself and I let them through, right? I mm -hmm. let them through the veil. So the journey, let's see, all of those things. I uh, was and am a public defender. I worked in the child abuse system, which was insane in Los Angeles County. Um, 
I was a freelance and business litigation attorney. Uh, I was an actor for many, many years, and I'm a proud uh, Screen Actors Guild member, AFTER member. I've done a zillion voiceovers and commercials and film and TV, and I've written all of that as well. I'm a Writers Guild member. Uh, and then I was a marketing executive. I did a stint at Microsoft. I've run marketing teams at a whole bunch of startups. Uh, and I've launched multiple businesses myself. So uh, my first foray into the entrepreneurial space was with Eco Rico. That's right. Earth-friendly maliciousness. Uh, I love food and I love cooking uh, and I love the planet. And my mission in life is to serve people and planet. So I kind of threw it all together along with all my filmmaking stuff and my spokespersonness uh, and launched Eco Rico, which took off immediately. First nice. uh, healthy food and lifestyle Latin show, 2009, 2010, all wow. of that. Um, I still get comments on my YouTube channel, even though I haven't posted a video in a long time. And I have a ton that are just kind of sitting in my <laughs> in the computer somewhere. Um, when that business couldn't make any money with a million organic followers, uh, I folded it among, you know, just buckets of tears, buckets and buckets mm -hmm. of tears. Uh, it was always my passion project. Uh, and I was so depressed about what I thought was a failure, right? Which now I know was an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I shipped myself off. I left Los Angeles and went to Washington state where I was VP of, um, a food startup, uh, and then another, you know, startup and then another startup. And then I was in Microsoft. And then I was, you know, I ran uh, social media for uh, Microsoft stores. Um, wow. Agencies, T-Mobile, some Amazon work, some, you know, I mean, Meta, uh, it just, it's been insane. And, uh, and so that took me to another one of my companies, Gigi's Organics, Hello, organic Latin seasonings. Um, wow. I actually have a lot of, of opinions on adobo because I remember adobo used to be all these really natural ingredients. And then a few years ago, I went and I bought an adobo, which I just thought was adobo. And I looked at the ingredients and it had some MSG in there. Bad. I know who you're it talking had, about. You know what I'm saying? I and know I who like, you're talking oh, about. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, no, no. So mine, I make myself. Wow. I make myself. Everything is, you know, it is organic, GMO-free, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, you name it. It's all wow. the things. And it just gives flavor, 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 baby. Nice. Flavor. Nice. Um, yeah, so Gigi's Organics. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, here's the thing that's – when I grew up, when I was growing up, it was uh, my mom would take us out to Burger King and Little Caesars Pizza as a treat. Right. Mm -hmm. Never in my life have I done that to my child, right? Uh, because, <laughs> I mean, where did all of the companies that needed to test products and, you know, not – I won't even go into that, but – yeah. You know, it, marginalized <laughs> communities that get the testing done. Um, yeah. So uh, not me. I'm all about yeah. organic, yeah. natural products. Um, That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love so it. then the third company is Brandlicious, and that is uh, my marketing firm. Um, yeah. What, what I what I just just something that hits me. What I what I love about this is that you started the first company, <clears throat> and that doesn't work out, but that doesn't stop you mm -hmm. from doing it again. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the key because a lot of people would stop right after that first one and say, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go back to work. I'm just going to go to the, do the nine to five. I'm just going to do that. But no, you actually said, you know what? I can do this again. Right. Speaks to the mindset there. It's the mindset. Yeah. So the entrepreneurial mindset is a particular thing, you know, yes. and, and it's also, uh, 
I don't know. Are we more risk averse? Is it that we just, I mean, I feel such a pull, right? Here I was an attorney and then I was an actor and people were like, I mean, I went to Stanford, you know, my friends are running the world and I was like, I'm an actor, Uh, you know, uh, and, (laughs) and I was really good. Uh, But the thing is, you know, there's just, I can't help it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yes. that's, I was just going to say that that's the part of it that, uh, yes. you, you know, you can't help it. I just saw a clip from uh, Miles Davis and they asked him, they said, would you still play music if nobody, if you never played for anyone? And he was like, of course. Hell yeah. He said, cause I love music. It's all I ever think about, you know? And it's like, it, it is, you know, being an entrepreneur is something that you, you are, I think you're born with it. I'm not, I don't have proof of that, but I just feel that there's something in us that has to create something that we know we can communicate and can help others. Right. Because at the at the end of the day, that's what we want. We always every every single business that we ever had is always to help others with something, either yeah. understanding the world better, healthy food, get you know mental mindset, building a brand so they can you know you know um, increase their income and help their families more. So these are all things that will help. And that's what an entrepreneur really should do. And what happens is in the last 10 years, you know, everyone became an entrepreneur, right? (laughs) But they became an entrepreneur because they wanted, because it seemed nice. Oh, I'm my own boss. I don't have to. Well, when you're an entrepreneur, you work way more than 40 hours Mm -hmm. and you have bosses, right? Sometimes you have more bosses. Like if I'm working on a video or something, yeah, it's my video company and I'm doing the video, but I have, the guy who's paying me, I have the people in front of the camera, I have the writer that wants to, you know, all the things. And so they're not, I wouldn't say they're bosses, but they are definitely people that I have to listen to. So what I would, I would, speaking of mindset, I would just shift that language and say they're your partners. Correct. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we've talked about this. The entrepreneurial journey can be lonely. Uh, And because you have a vision. There's a vision. You have, you know, dreams, goals, and a vision. And the thing about it is the reason that this entire entrepreneurial business, the knowledge business is growing by leaps and bounds and is going to be a trillion dollar a day business, right? Like everyone's looking for information now. And we have the platforms and the digital ability, the space to do that and to find it. And so just because you're an entrepreneur doesn't mean you're going to succeed and doesn't, and and it's okay, right? Some people may have ideas and vision and the best place they can put them is in their job because there's, there are other pieces of what you need as an entrepreneur. And obviously the biggest one is to have your mind, right? Mm -hmm. Because, uh, there are certain things that you have to kind of shift, right? Uh, one of the things that I always had trouble with was being a salesperson. And uh, I looked at it as that as a dirty job. I didn't want to sell. But the thing is, if you think of instead of sales as some dirty word and you think of sales as a service. Right. And mm-hmm. your what you bring to the world as a service that you provide somebody who needs it. then you are doing a disservice to everyone by not succeeding, by not bringing your vision to the world, by not creating that video for them that is going to expand their horizon, expand the people who know about them, right? So I teach this. This is part of the things that, you know, I talk to people about. And it's part of mindset. It's understanding as an entrepreneur that you are in the service business. You provide something somebody desperately needs. Uh They need what you're offering. And it's, it's interesting because it's also the difference between like you say a salesman who's selling something, but they may not necessarily believe in the product versus a person who created something that uh, they completely 100% believe that's going to come across in the sales as well. Right. It's a conversation you have with somebody that, you know, really well. Right. Right. I, I, I talk about branding. The reason I love branding and brand storytelling is because uh, 
they're puzzles for me. It is a puzzle for me. Stories are puzzles. Businesses are puzzles. The reason I call them brands, I always ask this question, what's the difference between a brand and a business? Hmm. Anyone? Anyone? Well, heart. What's heart. Heart, heart yeah. is uh, the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because your heart is in it, but you're also reaching your ideal client's heart, their right. values. They're, you're helping them attain their vision for the future. Right. right. It's a symbiotic relationship. You're both reaching for each other together to cross a chasm. Yeah. And you, you mentioned something earlier about the lonely being a, a lonely world when you're an entrepreneur. And, you know, I talk a lot about also the quiet times, you know, because mm -hmm. people don't see when you're sitting there for hours on a webinar that's that's not giving you what you thought it was. Right. You paid some money for it. So you're going to stick it out, hopefully. And then you find a webinar that's free that has amazing answers and amazing content. And people don't realize that you spend a lot of hours trying so to figure it out because it what now things are a little bit more figured out. So you can follow certain people like David Breyer. And there's certain people that we can actually kind of attach ourselves to <laughs> and you, our, our favorite brand builder uh, who's here with us today. Um, so, you know, you have those things. So I think it's a little bit easier for someone coming into the space, but 10 years ago, man, you just were trying to figure it out. You had no idea what was. Dude, what was it was right so thing. hard to build Eco Rico. It was just, um, I loved it, but dude, I was, it was social media eight hours a day. And That's then right. it was the rest of the business. And right. the thing is like being an attorney, I knew how to set everything up. Right. I, I, mm. I do all of my corporate stuff. I do my contracts. I, you right. know, I negotiate whatever, you know, when I was negotiating licensing agreements, it was me. And uh, I can't imagine having to find all of those people, but we do, we do, right? And we find the people, we attract the people that right. need us. Yeah, um, attract. We attract exactly. the people that yes. need us. So yes. that's we're talking about brand building, right? I, 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 you guys know I created a four pillar brand roadmap. Yes, I wanted and, to ask yeah, about yes. well, yeah, And we... so the first one is I call it set your brand goals, but that's the mindset piece, right? Because you, mm -hmm. you really, like we all know, you got to fortify and strengthen and constantly be innovating and improving yourself. And that takes having the right mindset, right? Mm -hmm. The second piece is defining your brand. You have an idea. What are you going to do with that idea? Well, first you have to know thyself. You got to know what your vision, your mission, vision, vision and values are, your purpose for putting this out to the world, right? Like energy is real. And, uh, and you're in a service business and people are going to know if you're full of shit. They are. They're going to know if what you're doing exactly. does not resonate with your soul because you can't yep. fake it. Yeah, exactly. especially now on social media, people are they're much more uh, keen to be able to spot a, some BS. Yeah, people are sophisticated. And if you see, right, like 10 years ago, do you think people, I would be out there, no makeup with a hat on, talking to people about your brand story? <gasps> my mother would be banging on my door going, Giselle, Giselle, where's your lipstick? Where's your lipstick, Gigi? Get to Wase, muchacha. Sí, Dios mío, por favor, qué pachona, tiene tu lipstick puesto. Get to Wase. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sorry i didn't want uh, no 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 okay on. so the second part is defining your brand right you 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 have to know your brand purpose and all of that your mission vision values the problem you solve uh the benefits you provide because a brands right i said it's all about heart so a lot of people think that your solutions are kind of the end of the puzzle they're not you're the people that you want to attract Third pillar, know your ideal client, right? Their demographics, their psychographics, their behavior. That's all about human behavior mm -hmm. and what attracts people to you. And it's an alignment of values, right? Yep. The people right. who are going to yep. find this show are going to align with what you guys are doing. Right. Mm -hmm. They just yep. are. They're going to exactly. dig it. They're going to be like, wow, there's an interesting person. Wow, they've got a filmmaker and then they've got a brand builder and then they've got business people. Wow, they're helping me do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And... It's okay to be all these things 
because right. these two Boricuas are out there talking it, right? right? They're yeah. doing it. Yeah. 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 Um, so know your ideal client, yeah. right? Russell Brunson, I believe, uh, calls it building your avatar. Yes. So your ideal client can be your niche, your avatar, uh, your yeah. customer, your yeah. whatever it is, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Avatar for me, uh, despite the movie, avatar for me <laughs> is just uh, inhuman, right? Like I look at marketing yeah. never yeah. as B2B, B2C or B2H. Mm -hmm. I think right. of it as H to H, human yeah. to human. Yeah. Because you're always talking to a person. Heart to heart. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. And then the fourth pillar is writing your brand story and writing your brand story is the foundation for all of your marketing, right? That is your messaging, your positioning. Once you've gone through these three pillars and I have tons of exercises and assignments and worksheets and blah, 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 and free content. I do master classes. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have, you know, I put two 20 for 20 courses together this week, right? 20 minutes for 20 bucks. And it's, oh. It's a huge amount of content, right? Mm -hmm. But in 20 bucks, entrepreneurs who have no time can just download this thing. I walk them through exactly what your value proposition is. I define it for them. I give them an exercise and you do it. By the end of 20 minutes, you're going to write your value prop, which is your elevator wow. pitch. 100%. Like demystify this, right? right? Demystify right. it. Right, exactly. You simplify this stuff because yeah. people are going nuts. They're like, oh my God, I, 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 I'm marketing. Yeah. Well, simplify, 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 and streamline and standardize your processes. And that way you can focus on what you do best. Uh, so, anyway, writing your brand story is all about teaching the three act structure. Uh, it's about, um, you know, really creating a message that attracts your ideal client and resonates with the people you're supposed to bring to you to serve hmm. yeah love that i love that yeah, and, and you know the, the what you said simplify it man that is like such a key thing because you can go online someone that's searching for stuff and they can just get bombarded with so much confusing data so much confusing uh viewpoints you know and but when you have something that's like like what you're presenting these four, it just really just, it makes it simple for them to look at it and be able to confront it because yes. some of the yes. courses, it's like, and I don't, have you seen these courses that'll be like, sign up now, you get, you know, 1500 different, you know, videos on just this 14,000 videos on just this. And, you know, I mean, just being, you know, going through that, I mean, it's great because it's okay. It's content, but who that's like, who has that kind of time to go through those all so much videos? That's that's the thing, right? You know, uh, there's something called a value ladder. And the value ladder is the ladder of all of the different things you do. I'm going to talk to you about Russell in just a second. You know, free content. Hmm. Uh -huh. Low, low price content, medium right. price content, right. high price content. So, you know, People come into your funnel at different places along their journey and where they are, right? right? And so I give as much to my masterclass. I mean, you were talking about this, John Henry. I, I spend so many hours on my content. Huh. I mean, just insane amount of hours. Uh, and though, you know, perfect is the enemy of of, of good or whatever that, mm -hmm. that thing is. I want to be sure that I do the three these three things. I, this is my branding philosophy. I tell all my teams this. Simplify, streamline, and standardize. Mm. And each one of them have a certain thing. You need to simplify context into, in, into the human language, right? How often do you sit here and uh, you get all this corporate speak and you're like, oh, my God, your eyes glaze over. Yep. Just yep. – Talk to a human being, right? Yeah. Simplify mm -hmm. it. When you have the experiences that all three of us have, we can talk all day about our stuff, but you're going to lose people, right? right That's right. why the 20 right. for 20 is just like, bam. Yeah. Right. Right. I love that. And I want to just confirm your site. Is this uh, GiselleAchikar.com. Yeah. I have multiple sites. There's GiselleAchikar.com, which has uh, my brand work. Uh, GigiesOrganics.com is the... You know what I mean? And I'm building out brandlicious.net, which is my uh, branding company. And then, of course, okay. there's Eco Rico TV. I've got, I've got brands all over the place. But you can go to GiselleAchikar.com for all the brand stuff. And you can, if you want to get a 20 for 20, you can get it there. I'm about to put up a, a, 
a two hour masterclass that one of my partners did. Um, because one of the things that I also love doing is helping entrepreneurs build and launch their business. Like what are the steps that you have to do in order to launch? I mean, everything from mindset is always first, number one, to how to incorporate, uh, how to, uh, you know, find your brand name, how to do a tagline, how to, I mean, like really the steps, uh, because what I find a lot, and you guys tell me if you find this too, is you can be in a two hour workshop and you get five minutes of content. Oh, yep. God, that pisses me off. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, that's what, yeah, that's what I was saying about the webinars that sometimes you're on and you're, and you leave there going, wow, I learned one thing for whatever. <laughs> Thank you for the one thing. Thank you for the uh, one thing. It took two hours for you no. to get there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that that's always the. Uh, but and, and let me ask you a question because you mentioned this earlier about um, you know being Latina and feeling the the you know feeling that you're 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 not, not to use the word minority because that's that's been overused, right? But in this space you have sort of an advantage and a disadvantage. How, how do you look at it? Okay. You can look at that a million ways. So there are multiple questions in your question uh, because one is the entire Latina thing, which implies of course that I'm a woman. Uh, so there's the female piece. There's the gender piece. There is the uh, ethnic piece, uh, you know, eth the, the cultural piece. Uh, and then um there's, you know, the business piece. I mean, there are just lots of things uh, about it. I find, you know, as, a, as an attorney uh, decades ago, really, uh, I wasn't paid the same as my male peers. Mm. I wasn't talked to the same way. I didn't get the same work in firms. Uh, the saving grace was that I came in from, you know, Duke and Stanford. And so people obviously knew I had intellect, you know, I was intelligent, uh, but it didn't matter because at the end of the day, uh, I would not get the same assignments, the same money, the same access. Uh, and so I have certainly experienced that my whole life. Mm -hmm. And then the other pieces, you know, it's the dog whistles and for Latin people, it's their passion. Right. We have, I mean, especially island people like sometimes Latinos are their worst enemies because the Mexicans don't want to talk to the Puerto Ricans because we're different and the Cubans and the this yeah. and, you know, uh, it's nuts. Uh, and we all are. We have differences. Right. Like our culture is different. Our words are different. When I ended up in California from the East Coast, I was like, chamarra, que es una chamarra, a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a jacket you know what i mean yeah. i didn't know like what and so uh <laughs> it's an interesting thing there's a language component and a cultural and a food component and uh and you know i caribbean people are like up in the air you can hear it in our music it's vibrant and fast and, da, 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 da. and then you can hear it in the aztec earth people it's different right so each part of the Latin cultural diaspora in this country has its differences. Um, I've heard a lot, Giselle, we love your passion, but can you just tone it down? Oh, gosh. Can you just tone it down? And I'm like, wow. I've had and that. then when you tone it down, people are like, what's wrong with you? What's yeah. wrong with you? Why aren't you being you? And I'm yeah. like, well, you just told me not to be me. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or you feel uncomfortable having conversations. So your conversation, like that, that you know, it happens to me. Uh, I was told once to not wear my uh, hat, not this particular hat, but uh, I usually wear uh, funky hats, whatever. So I was going out and I had a hat and we were going door knocking for some political thing. 
and um, they said, "Can you take off your hat?" Because, and I took off my hat, and I felt I was I felt so not me, and so I felt awkward for the rest of the the night, you know. And it was like I just felt like, and not because I needed to have the hat on like for security. It was just that I that that was what I wanted to wear. It's it was like, like you've been delegitimized, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They yeah. they made me feel less than what I am, you know, and yeah. and I and I didn't appreciate it. Um, but I think, and now I wear it every every show. So just, just you, you, Poppy. Listen, I'll give you another horrifying <laughs> example, which I I haven't said this in a long time. Uh, when I was in Hollywood, um, the equivalent of blackface for Latinas on TV was orange face and uh you know because i was too light uh i was too light for latin commercials but i was too dark for mainstream white commercials and so uh in order to let them know because i don't have an accent and i don't talk like this you know i can if you want me to but what i'm saying is that's another character you know what i mean uh, anyway uh you know because i enunciate and didn't have an accent because i grew up here and i'm an american with a passport uh as a citizen um they would make sure that people knew they had cast a Latina by making me darker. Oh, and it I, was horrifying. How did they do that? By the makeup. They would make me actual, up. They'd make me up. They would make me up darker. It's horrifying. That's so uh, my first, the first commercial I ever booked, national commercial, I will not say who it was, but I had been cast in the Spanish commercial, right? Not the English commercial. And when we got on set and we were shooting, um, the client hated the mom who was cast with the white family. And they fired her right there on the set. And the agent, the agency director came up to me in my face and said, do you speak English? Oh, oh my wow. God, what the and heck? I went like this. I went, oh my god, of course I speak English. I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> they were horrified. They were freaking horrified. And I just looked at the guy and I was like, Yes, I speak English. It's okay. I'm <laughs> oh my god. And so they put me in the English commercial because he heard wow. no accent. He knew I could speak English and I didn't talk like this. And then I wasn't Rita Moreno and ba 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 ba. You know, right, hello. Right. Did he know I had a law degree? Uh, wow. And um, oh, I have so many stories like that. Like that's the stuff yeah, that people yeah. don't talk about, right? Which right. is why uh, in advertising, it's been so hard for yeah. uh, Latinos to get in because. We don't, we, we don't, we're an ethnic cultural group, yeah. right? It's not about necessarily skin color unless you, you know, have your mestiza or your, you know, uh, have more Indian in your background. But in Puerto Rico, you know, mi gente, we're white and green and blue eyed, which is what, by, by the way, my last right. name means. The blonde one. Uh, and oh, okay. mm. I'll, I'll explain that in a moment. And I had an uncle who was, you know, like dark. Yeah. So right. we're all of it, but we're yes. all Boricua. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I, uh, I I've told the story before, but uh, I was walking into the elevator once I was coming home from work. And I, I lived in an upscale building in the, on the Upper West Side. Just by luck, I just was able to afford this place. And I'm coming in the elevator with um, with some food that I bought from a local food place. And I'm holding it. I got in the elevator and the guy walked in, big, tall, white guy. He looks at me. He's like, oh, where are you taking that to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, I have a great story. <laughs> but I, I told horrifying. Him, what did you say to him? What did you say? I said, I, said, I kind of like smiled and I kind of knew he was, and I said, I'm taking it to my house on the 11th floor. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of and he turned beet red and that was the 
you know, like uh, the next floors, he got off like the, on the eighth floor or something, and he was just horrified. But, um, but yeah, that, that back to branding. That was an excellent elevator pitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I, I want to. You were gonna say um, say something. I was gonna tell a quick story, but then we yeah, got yeah, because people are gonna feel like, oh, it's a bash. Uh, no, so no, no, no. I lived in Los Angeles, right? And I lived in uh, Los Feliz. I had a beautiful home that I had bought myself with my own money, you know, that I made, yeah. uh, that is worth a lot, a lot of money now. I should never have sold it. But anyway, so, uh, I was in the park and I was, you know, I've raised my kid, uh, myself. And so I was in the park and there were a lot of nannies with their kids. And of course I sp I would speak Spanish to them and they assumed I was a nanny, not a mom. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, I mean, we all do it to each other. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Because yeah. we have like these, <laughs> you know, bias imprinted. is real. Yeah. Bias mm -hmm. is real. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talk a lot now. Everybody's, you know, oh, what's unconscious bias? Well, a little self-reflection and you will have that too. We all have it, right? Yeah. Uh, we can't help that about ourselves. So, yeah. uh, you know, self-reflection is a good thing. Yeah, you know my my wife is uh was a nanny in New York City, and my wife is a tall white woman, so they never <laughs> they would always talk to her differently than the other nanny, yeah. and she always mentioned that to me. And you know, it's just a it's an interesting uh interesting thing. I wanted to to bring up something about the Hollywood for a second, and we don't have to go into Hollywood, but you you're an we actor. can. I was there for twenty years. Yeah. So wow. But here's one of the things I did everything. I really did. Like even yeah. general hospital. Like if, wow. if somebody could go way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second just on the fact that as Latinos, right? And we say, well, we can't get into Hollywood and it's Hollywood is tied into I always think to myself, like I I make my own films, I write them, I cast them, I shoot them, I edit some of them. You know, I I and and they're not Latino films. Nope. They're 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 stories that I'm telling, and these are the people that kind of look how they should be in the in my film, right? Why hasn't this happened? And maybe it has, and maybe I'm just living under a, a, a rock somewhere. But why hasn't like the big powerhouses in Hollywood, Latino, the J Lo's, the the Ricky Martins? I don't know. <laughs> pick whatever other Latinos, big Latinos, band together and create a massive studio. Like I know JLo has a studio. I know she has a, yeah. she has a studio and I know that there's a lot of them, but if they really, if we, we have such amazing stories we and performers, yeah. I mean, the, the, it's, it's a well that will never go dry. I go to, I look at films and the films are good that are coming out, but they're like, they're stories that have been told. They're not that interesting. I, there's no, there's, very rarely anyone that looks like us they you know and if they do they're usually you know colored or something or, or just uh they're not really orange or or they're natalie wood puerto rican and west side story you know that kind of thing which you know again we're not bashing anyone we're just kind of like i'm just kind of like amazed at the fact that that hasn't occurred yet where there's a huge that will compete with mgm and paramount and all those mm. because of the fact that there's a lot of cash behind it and when you put a lot of that together, I think, you know, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm building it. I'm building it, you know, my, my mind here in Nashville and it'll go everywhere. But why hasn't this is, that happened? This is a big, big, big topic. And it is. Um, it is. It's, a, it's a big topic because, gosh, I've asked this question so many times. Um, one of the issues with everything is access. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. It's access. Uh, and no matter what we want to say, white men still control money. Um, and, uh, you know, those that's where a lot of the big money is. It it was interesting. JLo had a documentary on Netflix that I watched um, when she and Shakira were doing the uh, Super Bowl. Uh -huh. And she made a comment about they couldn't even allow one of us to do a Super Bowl. They had to put two Latinas because two Latinas are the equivalent of one X, right? Um, you know, those uh, 
that just all still exists. And there's a huge amount of tokenism. There's a huge amount of, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily want to just, I don't tell Latin stories. I tell universal stories. Right. Right. right? I wrote a screenplay on a, an aircraft carrier. You know what I'm saying? I had nothing to do with any of that, but I did it. Uh, so, uh, (laughs) you know, it just, um, I have all kinds of stories. Do I have an affinity for like spiritual realism and woo woo and curses and all that shit? Because, you know, Santeria, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, and we come up in a, uh, a society and a culture that is full of spiritual realism and all of those things. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, those things permeate my stories. Uh, but that's not just because I'm Latina, but it is a big part of our culture, right? We wear medallions and we've got Santos and, you know, you're born and you're given a saint and you're, you know, all those things. That's, that's me, you know? Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting when you're, you know, writing and if you're Puerto Rican, you're expected to write things. I grew up in the South Bronx, grew up poor, you know, the violence was there, the fires of the seventies, all that (laughs) stuff, the crack, that was all real. You know, that was part of my upbringing. I have no interest in telling those stories because yeah. they're a lot of ugly stories. Now, there are stories that you can tell in there of a successful someone that was there that kind of made it out or someone that's actually trying to do something good in the in, in the space. You know, I think that would be an interesting. I mean, my 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 latest film right now that was here in Nashville at the, the festival here in Nashville. It's about a real estate office and a guy who's been working there for the it has nothing to do with I, I played one little cameo there and I played a, a guy with a, a, a Spanish accent just because I thought, let me just throw that in there. Just yeah, yeah there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's the other thing. Um, we, we led with this, which is our stories are universal stories uh, and our culture people can relate to because you know black america and puerto ricans have a lot in common as do italians and as do the irish and as do the immigrant story and stuff like that Mm -hmm. there are some things i have more affinity for but you know universal archetypes are universal archetypes uh and there's a reason for that because we all have a common humanity uh Right. And so how we express it is different. I mean, there are billions of stories to be told. Um, and I can't wait to see your real estate office story. Yeah, thank you. I'll send it to you. Good. Um, <laughs> what, what's, uh, what's your thought on uh, Lin-Manuel? Oh, I love Lin-Manuel. Okay, so, yeah. You know, it, it breaks my heart to, to um, when during the pandemic, uh, he went down there and people were just like, you know, upset. Uh about certain things. And I was just like, man, he's got our backs, you know? Uh, And uh, we need to support each other instead of tear each other down. Um, And and that's one thing, you know, Latinos don't do because I mentioned the word tokenism. We live in a scarce mentality. And so the thing about you talking about a studio and Hollywood and all of this requires a growth mindset which is uh, almost uh, antithetical Uh to Hollywood and the closed doors and the everything else. Uh, You know, I I just a quick thought on on that point there, when, when, especially when John was talking about, you know, why, why wouldn't they create their own thing? Because those artists themselves, in my opinion, there is also that fear from the artists themselves of possibly alienating themselves from that mainstream. Yeah. Right? From the you know, access. From the access. I right. They're exactly. afraid of not having they're, the they're volunteering themselves. They're actually doing it voluntarily and kind of taking that access away and maybe saying, okay, now, all right, so these guys are now going to do their own thing. So you know what? Good. They don't need to be yeah, back but then here. Again, you know, that that again is part of a lack mentality. It's but not that, that exactly they can't but do that's, that. They that's can what do I'm that saying. It's and it's they can mindset. do the other, right? right. So right. Lin Manuel, right? Lin Manuel, right? He can do in the Heights, and he can do Hamilton, and he can do you know HBO, and he can do you know voices on whatever. And so there is there there just 
there is no lid. There is no ceiling. Right. It's and, just and we've grown up under ceilings. Right. Over and over and over and over again. And it's taking it's taken me decades. Like even in my own home. Right. My brother, who was younger than me, do you think he had curfews and he could, you know, had all this stuff? No, I had it because I was a girl. I couldn't get this because I was a girl. I couldn't do that. So from a young age, we are literally like indoctrinating youth yes. to have a certain uh, mindset. And then we try to unravel it for the rest of our lives. Uh, and I, I, I shudder at how much I have effed up my own daughter, right? Like even not wanting to, but I can't help myself, right? Because of how I've grown up. So it's like every generation, I see this in my in my law clients, right? Like I, 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 I talk about it being in the juvenile justice system. People say, Giselle, how can you do that? How can you work with abused, neglected, molested kids? And I say, well, or they're, how can you represent their parents? And I said, because they were abused, neglected and molested. Right. These are, these are generational right. issues. This right. is stuff that we have to just keep chipping away at because right. every generation can be better. Every, every next business I launch can be better. I, I can look at it instead of as a failure, as I call it, opportunities for growth. And we have to look at that in, in the business, in the, you know, in the creative business and in the creative space and as in the entrepreneurial business, right? Like I'm in the knowledge business. I'm making courses. I'm doing digital content. I'm creating things to sell online. Uh, I'm doing master classes. I do webinars, all these things, right. That I'm building out, uh, to teach people everything that I've learned. Right. Uh, the people who come like my last master class, it was so different. I had people in finance. I had people in holistic medicine. I had uh, life coaches. I had uh, a, a woman who wanted to teach women how to use uh, power tools. I had, you know, and they all want, there's no smallness. It all has value. Like yeah. all these ideas have value, but they, they don't know what the next step is. Mm -hmm. And I do for them. Right. And then somebody will know what my next step is for me or somebody will open a door for me. Right. Like that's how it works. Paying it forward. Right. Yeah. But that's why the fact that they're even on there with you shows that just like when you have mindset as the first one. Right. Mindset. If you can't get past mindset, you're not going to get anything else done. You got to get that piece yeah. first. I see it in the nutrition space. Right. Someone who wants to change their diet, someone who wants to get into fitness and health. That's a mindset with that. If they if they don't want to get up in the morning, if they don't want to eat good food, they don't want to do all this and that, it's not going to matter. They, it has to start up here first. So the fact that they're even on there with you is showing, okay, their willingness to say, yeah. you know what, let's take it to the next step. Yeah, yeah that's right. uh, it's true. I mean, I'm just going to come right back. You know, by the way, people, if you don't know how Puerto Ricans speak, we speak in tangents. So I'm literally going to go come right back in. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned Russell Brunson. I'm not going to let this go. So Russell talks about uh, ideal client. Mm -hmm. And that's pillar three for me. For him, it's number one. Mm, interesting. But see, my thing is the reason it's not number one, the reason I say this all the time, because people will say, well, so-and-so says this, you know, and Russell's right. phenomenal and has built something extraordinary. And I love it, right? ClickFunnels is amazing. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm of a different opinion because I believe that in order for you to find your ideal client you must know your own mission, vision, values, purpose, right. and set your brand goals by having understanding where you are today, where you want to go in 12 months, where you want to be in 18 months, et cetera. I think those steps come first yeah. uh, because all of that, your story attracts the people that need to hear the story. Right. Correct. Yep. Now, I'm always playing devil's advocate. Could it be? Love you, Russell. Love you, Russell. Yes, we love Russell. <laughs> Russell is great. Um, but could it be that his 
his mindset is already different than our mindset is from our upbringing being, you know, Latin Americans. And so he may not really look at it the way we are. Mindset has to be for, for us. You know, it has to be that we have to, I had to know when I was in the Bronx that I didn't want to die in the streets. Yeah. My mindset had to be that way. I had to have the mindset that I knew I was going to survive. I knew I was going to try to get out with all that was going on in that environment. That was my mindset from a very, very young age. And I had my mom supported me. I was raised mainly by my grandparents, but they were all, you know, taking care of me. But I had to have the mindset because I knew people that were being taken care of by their parents that didn't make it. Yeah. Didn't make right. it because their mindset was that's just a whole, you know, look, that that's that's just that's it's upbringing. There's a huge piece we're not talking mm. about, yes. which is socioeconomic status. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um Marginalized communities, uh, just by their very nature, because of access, money, lack of generational wealth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, not having property, rich. whatever it is, right? right? I, 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 I grew up differently. Uh, when we first started, we were very, very poor. But my father's a doctor, and so then I wasn't poor. Right. Um, And so and I went to private schools and I, you know, went to the top schools and I'm like, you know, educational elite. And so that puts me in a different socioeconomic class Uh, even. And I see it. Right. Because I see with my when when I uh, practice law with my clients uh, and uh, the things that they have to go through in the struggle. I mean, I do not know what it feels like to like live in survival on the streets in the Bronx. I don't, thank God. Uh, And that just forms a different hunger and a different whatever. At the end of the day, obviously, we're all going to go, you know, when we're building our success, um, you know, we're all going to have to cultivate a, a, a growth mindset in order to get to the next piece, in order to persevere, in order to, you know, really, uh, come to know ourselves and accept ourselves and get past whatever shame and guilt and everything else we have that's preventing us from living to our potential. Um, And all of our experiences are going to be different, but yeah, dude, you know, like your experience is. Yeah. (laughs) And it changes their generations moving forward. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to, because George and I talk about this a lot, how this is so important that, that, us three are here right now because we are the generation that's changing that, right. that whole, that shift. We're shifting yeah. that mindset. Like my kids do not understand the South Bronx. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't want them to understand right. that. You know, they don't know anything. My son is just where he wants his tablet. He wants to, he wants yeah. his ice cream and that's his reality. My reality was not that, you know, and, and, and I remember growing up and thinking, that that's something that I would like to do for, I didn't know if I was going to succeed, but I did think with the idea that I want to be different than right. what's here right now, right. you know, and I love everyone that's here, my family. And, my, but I, they, I was just a, an odd ball. So was George. I mean, we were both sort of the, the black sheep of the family. We were both playing rock yeah. music, you know, me too. Were, okay. You know. So I was, I was that, I was that too. I, I totally was that too. Because yeah. my favorite band in high school was ACDC and nice. and, and Led Zeppelin. Okay, so nice. like Highway to Hell was seminal, <laughs> seminal for me. Oh my god! Uh, you know, all of that is is my is my thing. But I loved the Jackson Five, and I mm-hmm. loved Mark Anthony, and I right. loved you know uh, Brujeria and Dancing Salsa. Oh, Gran Combo. Yes, the Gran Combo. You know, all of it. Is yeah. is who I am, uh, and people are going to resonate with that, or they're not. And right. I really exactly. spent a lot of time thinking that I had to change in order to fit in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I really don't do that so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I stopped that a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I am who I am. Uh, and look and we and our missions and our purpose and our values evolve i i say this a lot to entrepreneurs um who we were 
yesterday is not who we are today. And mm -hmm. when I'm now teaching and in my courses or coaching or consulting with clients, uh, the things I'm building today are speaking to the me of 10 years ago because I don't want anybody to, to go through the buckets of tears that I shed yeah. when I had to uh, dissolve Eco Rico Entertainment. Right. Uh, and I had no one to turn to to help me get to the next place. And I didn't have to give it up. I, I didn't have to, but I did. Right. I thought I did, but you know, it just keeps coming back. Right. Uh, uh, and so uh, if I can help somebody avoid that pain by helping, you know, by sharing everything I've learned along the way, that's what I want to do. And it, it makes me feel so good. I yes. love it. I love it. So we're at the, uh, the top of the hour. I can't believe what? Yes. How can that be? I know. <laughs> no, no, happens. there's too much more. This is what happens. This is what happens. Um, but I wanted to ask you, you know, um, people that are out there watching this right now, what's one of the steps, what's one of the first steps, obviously mindset um, is always a key thing, but let's say they have the mindset, you know, and they're just trying to figure out where to go. What, what should they, what should they do? What should they be looking for? So what are we talking about? Somebody has an idea and they want to know what. Yeah. They want to build something better for themselves. They want to. They will, you know, they, they feel like they're an entrepreneur, but maybe they don't know how to take that first step, you know, cause there's nothing wrong in someone taking that step to see if it's actually going to be something that they would like. Not everyone likes being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I know people that have jobs. They love their jobs. They get there two weeks. They get there oh, sometimes three weeks at this point. Now, you know, they, they got a pay increase every year. They have their house, their cars, they go on. They, they love their family. They, you know what I mean? So there, there, there are people that are just totally fine. But someone that's out there that wants to take that, that risk, you know, um, what's one of the first steps besides going to uh, GiselleAtchikar.com? Well, that is, that is the first step. Uh, <laughs> understand what your idea is, right? You've got to flush out an idea. Uh, and you have to know where you are today and where you want to go in 12 months. I call that, that's, that's all part of that first pillar. The first pillar is all about setting your brand goals. Mm -hmm. And a piece of that, of course, is uh, knowing why, why you're doing what you're doing, right? Like step one is, oh, I've got a great idea and I want to do what with it? Right. What do you want to do? Right. Uh, one of the things that people do too much of is they take a bigger bite than they can handle at the moment. So mm. that's why one of the first exercises I, I have is where are you today? Like, honestly assess where you are today. Even if you have a business, where are you today? Uh, and what are your goals in 12 months, where do you want to be? If a year from now you had the best year of your life, what would it look like? Do that. Do that for yourself. See what it means. See what appears to you. Is it that you're going to have this idea and you're going to actually have a business? Or could you have that idea and take it to work, right? You're just saying the entrepreneurial mindset is a very specific thing. You may not you, you may not be risk averse for it, right? Like, and it's okay because you can do all of that. You can innovate creatively in the space you are now, in the job you are now. Or if you want, um, if you want, if you say, hey, I want to write a book in the next year. Great. What's your idea? Mm -hmm. Flush it out. Yeah. Sign up for chat GPT and see if that's going to help you, right? <laughs> like talk to people who have already done it. I'll tell you one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life. I did not have mentors. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I, I did the same. Really find people yes. Yes. who have been where you are mm -hmm. and who have crossed the promised land. Mm -hmm. uh, find them. And mentors can be lots of different people, right? Like my best friend is my mentor and I am hers for different things. Uh, she's an extremely accomplished businesswoman. And we we riff on ideas all the time. We also like bitch and moan about our children. You know what I mean? And, and life and, you know, oh, uh, yoga. You know what I mean? So there are different things. Mentors are everywhere. But really, 
I wish, I wish I had, I had had mentors to help guide me and I didn't because, uh, you know, in Hollywood I had too much fear and I had this and I felt like doors were too closed and, you know, I made excuses and excuses and excuses. So know thyself, know your idea, know where you want to be one year from today. Love that. Beautiful. Love that. Giselle Achakar, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been a true honor to have you on. And again, you know, like I said, you know, when we when we were chatting before the show, usually it's a, it's got to be a part two at some point. <laughs> Please. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I, I love I support you guys 100,000 percent. And um, for everybody out there, if something here resonated with you, go to GiselleAchakar.com, schedule a call with me. Um, I love to chat. So uh, you can do that right from the website. That's fantastic. Awesome. Giselle Achikar, thank you so much for being thank on. You. And we will see Absolutely. you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Wow. Wow. Amazing information. Huh? You know what I'm saying? This is the kind of um, show that gets me like jazzed up when then I can't, uh, then I can't concentrate. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just focused on, uh, on so many other things. So many well, we great are, points in there, you know. A lot so of great, great points. points. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing about it that you know we have to understand that you know having you know which I wish we talked more about it, but we can actually maybe touch on it next time about mentors because people yeah. do not take advantage of, of finding someone, and a Correct. good mentor would love to help you. That's the thing. Correct. They're out there, you know. They really, really want to help. So that's. I mean, it doesn't. Thing. I mean, even if they, if it's not someone who's one-on-one but there's so many mentors just out there in general just in you know uh, anywhere you can just look at somebody you know people's stories and and things that they've gone through and they could be like your mentors even from far away right but you can go to uh giselleatricard.com and uh, she can be your mentor absolutely she's amazing so george thank you very much everyone thank you so much for watching we appreciate you very much and we really really do we appreciate the messages and everything that you guys uh, are supporting us we love to be here it's been two years we're gonna keep going here we're gonna be doing some uh, interesting things in the next few episodes which i think you're gonna love and we're very very excited about it so we'll see you all again next week tuesday 7 p.m central 8 p.m eastern standard time counterpartshow.com for george batista john henry soto Thank you and good night. And as always, peace.